It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Shorts, and we've got some great things planned for you this evening. Me and uh, Neptune and Bandit have a very special guest to look forward to this evening. I um, am very honored to have been able to make this happen. I think he's a great friend in liberty and someone that's out there really pushing the envelope just as much as the rest of we are. He is a former vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, and um, he is out there making waves across the world by cyberbullying the government, which, you know, that's that's kind of what we all are doing. That's kind of where I got my start, too, man. You know, we're just making memes and stuff over there on Facebook and other places alike. I'm, as I like to kind of brag a little bit about myself, I'm the most most unknown band man in the internet because man i've had to redo it a million times but enough about me if you haven't figured it out yet of course we're talking about spike cohen like it's going to be a great great evening i think i'm excited about the conversation we're probably about to have tonight so i am just ecstatic to really kind of get into it but before i do i got to get through the fun things that you guys know i got to talk about on a regular basis when you guys come over here and hang out just to make sure you know where where to find us if you ever want to keep up with um the things that are going on because everything and anything that we talk about on the show here and on the internet on a regular basis come up from over here at unconstitutionalawakening.com that's our home for everything unconstitutional awakening the podcast i've been doing some updates just to make it a little more cheery and upbeat smiley man we gotta, gotta have some vibrant going on man like i i like to have fun doing all this man there's <clears throat> that's the point we got to show that we can all just have fun and disagree even when we uh even if we disagree you know what i'm saying like it is what it is but hey Anyway, when you're hopping on over there to unconstitutionalawakening.com, man, you can find all some great stuff over there. You can find the links to get back to watch us if all you do is listen to us. And if you want to see any of the things that I put visually up, here's the links to get back to it. YouTube doesn't have as many episodes, but that's because their sets are full of things. You know what I mean? But Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute host them all real well. And for those of you that only watch us and you want to be able to listen to us on the go, you can come over here and find this link right here. It'll get you back to any and everywhere 
that you can listen to us at. There's so many apps I've found just by searching Unconstitutional Awaken the Moon podcast. And being able to see all the ratings and stuff, like I see that it's worldwide. So thank you. Like, I'm just some weird pirate dude in his closet making a show. So like, I appreciate all the awesome stuff that's going on, man. And you guys are the ones that make it happen. <clears throat> While you're hanging out at the website, if you feel like listening to the show, you can totally just listen. Because I mean, we hooked it up to where, we, where it works that way, man. And if you want to know where you can get this sweet, unconstitutional weekend and merch you always see me wearing, or those stickers that we're giving away, but if you want to buy yourself some, you can just hit this link right here. It'll bring you back to the Unconstitutional Awakening merch store, man. There's all kinds of good stuff over there. Go get yourself something cool. Or don't. You're not being entertained, man. But we would appreciate it if you did, because anything that's, that's spent totally goes towards making all of this happen, because running these shows aren't cheap. And you can also do that by supporting our friends in Liberty, man. Kirk Elliott over there doing gold and silver, peachy key creations with energy healing, soaps, bombs, like you name it. Like, if you're into that kind of stuff, go check it out. Hemo Can Survival, you know what he's got going on. Brett Pike with classicallearner.com and Homeschools Connected, as well as Pure, pa Pure Pet Wellness, our latest one over there doing things with, um, doing all kinds of good things with like hemp-based products for your pets. Man. So these are all things I greatly support. These are our great friends, man, just out there trying to do a thing. And you helping them helps me too. So Get on over there. And, man, if you want to keep up with us on social media, man, there's links right here to get back to the place you can find us all the time at Captain Conspiracy and the Freedom Pirates on Facebook and Defeat the Media on Facebook. Those are our all the times. There's also links to get back to our TikToks and other things like that over there in the host section of the show, as well as other places and things that are going on in the podcast and more section, man. And that's where you can uh, answer the questions to win yourself one of those stickers I was talking about right here. You know, if you answer the riddle that I give to you tonight, you can totally win yourself a sticker just like the Zodiac did over there. The guy over there at unconstitutionalawakening.com, he was the first one to answer the last riddle from the last episode. So he has won himself an unconstitutionalawakening.com, the podcast sticker. So, and we've also got more for some more people so look for that riddle tonight man make sure you tune in you don't want to miss out on that that'll be that'll be fun to get this evening who knows maybe we can uh maybe we can get lucky and spike will totally like be a pirate in disguise this whole time who knows i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to tonight i think it's going to be a fun time so i guess it's uh it's time to weigh anchor and just uh set sail on this thing Ahoy, everyone. Of course, you guys know I already said who was joining us this evening. You know, I had that film filmed and taken care of before we got into the conversation as normal. So, uh, guys, is Canadian John here with me? And, of course, Spike Cohen. Spike, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Jim Bob. Thanks for having me on, man. Awesome. I am excited to have you here, man. I've, I've, we were we were a little set aside, man. We were like, man, we're, we're just little guys and a dude that got like 2 million votes, you know, what, what was the number, John? Give me the number again. You were looking into it. It was 1,800,000, uh, give or take, uh, during the last, uh, election spike. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Oh, like two that, mil. that's, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a lot of people. I, I, I think that believe in liberty like ourselves here and that, you know, that's, I don't know. That's an inspiration that I look at you as, as an inspiration and in, in liberty and things that, 
things that matter and holding people accountable and things like that. And that's, it, it, it's a lot, man. And I appreciate all the work you do out there. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and, uh, and thank you for your support. It means a lot to me, man. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I mean, we're, we, we kind of talk all over the place here and like, I'm, I, I'm, I had a, a different few things prepared. You know, we like to talk about accountability and stuff, but like I had some, off the wall questions, I guess, because we're kind of off the wall and it's not like too crazy or anything like that, but it goes along with kind of our theme here and the theme of Liberty and stuff. And one of them came from a co-host we didn't have with us this evening that I really wish could have joined us because he's, he's a really cool guy and he lives up in New York city. He's He's from Puerto Rico. He's very, very smart guy. And he's, he's busy this evening. So he couldn't join us. And Luis is his name, but he had, he told me he was like, Hey man, he's like, would you mind asking him that if he ever did make it in politics big, you know, or actually did win or something like that, was there like one important policy, like nation changing policy that you would, that you wanted to do and what were like the obstacles you think you would have if you attempted it? Sure. So, I mean, obviously if we had been elected, uh, then I would have been vice president, which has a lot of limitations to it because it's really, Unless something happens to the president, uh, then uh, I'm m- not much more than an advisor or a tie-breaking vote in the, in the Senate or whatever. Yes, um, yes. But what I would say is what my top priority would have been uh, in, in that role is to push for the, the one thing that a libertarian or liberty-friendly president could do, even without the participation of Congress, even with a, uh, a Supreme Court that wouldn't agree with uh, you know their actions or so forth is to literally just go through the register of executive orders and nullify every single one that isn't there to which I mean we're talking ninety nine plus percent of them uh, that aren't there to explicitly to protect protect lives rights and property and especially those not enshrined uh, directly through actual laws that were written by Congress. Um, which means pretty much almost all of them. And uh, if you think about the fact, for example, that uh, I forget the exact number, but right now the United States is under something like around 30-something, I forget the exact number, emergency orders. And um, the purpose of emergency orders is obvious. They're supposed to be used for an emergency. Some of them are emergencies that were declared before any of us were born. Uh, one of them was uh, an emergency that was declared during the Clinton administration to deal with a temporary issue related to uh, threats from the Cuban government against uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. flagged private vessels, and is now basically permanent policy uh, that vessels aren't uh, U.S. owned vessels, even like a pontoon boat or, or I guess you wouldn't have a pontoon boat out there, but even just your own private uh, boat isn't allowed in, uh, along a very large swath of uh, of um, uh, property surrounding Cuba, um, which has many considerations as a result of that. But that's just one example of, of things there. Um, you could literally just go through that register uh, and it, it wouldn't be a short order, but it would take some time. But the amount of um, reduction of the power of the government that could be done just from that before you even had to sniff towards Congress uh, or do anything else would be incredible. 
the reason I'd say that would be first priority is precisely because of that. It, it wouldn't require building any kind of consensus or getting any kind of support in Congress or anything else. Uh, it, there's a lot that could happen just by doing that. So that probably would have been the first immediate priority um, of many. I mean, there would have been many priorities, but that would have been probably the first one. Is that is that a bit of Dick Cheney and, and Bush's legacy, all those executive orders? Or is that something, you know, that's built up over centuries? Or is that like, ha have they grown exponentially in the last decade or two? Uh, Since the war grown, on terror, probably. The war on terror, there's been a huge yeah. uh, growth in it. it it's interesting. Of the, I forget however many tens of thousands, three or four thousand of them are just from FDR. Um Jesus yeah, Christ. and and that was uh, I know that there was and and it, there was sort of this this um, um, uh, multiplicatory mu multiplicative factor over the years. You know, it was all it, at one point it was seen as an egregious abuse of power if any kind of non-emergency executive order was signed. That wasn't right. just to clarify a specific but thing that needed clarification from a, a law that was signed or, or passed. Um, and so, and then, you know, like with, uh, you know, with FD, uh, with, uh, TR, with Teddy Roosevelt, he signed a few of them and that was like, oh my so, gosh, I can't believe that. And so, then, you know, with, uh, with, uh, Wilson, he signed however many hundred and that was insane. And then FDR did several thousand and the cat's been out of the bag. Ever I, since. I, I, I make, I, Bandit gives me a hard time because every now and then when I get the opportunity and somebody references FDR, I'm just like, you know, Fuck that dude, because he <laughs> you're you're right. He did an outrageous amount of things like that, you know, and he's yeah. I'm, I'm out here in, in Georgia. And actually, that's that's his little his little White House is closer than anything. And I try to explain to people <laughs> what what Dixiecrats are and they're they're yeah. lost on what that is around here. And I'm like, no, I like when you're when you're down here in the deep part corners of the south, like people are people people are different way different than you think like they just think a whole on a whole other level that's backwards from a lot of things and 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 it's not the whole like hillbilly kind of thing either like i found more hillbillies in the northeast when i was living in buffalo than i found in anywhere else in the world so it's mm -hmm. it, it's it's wild like that i don't i you know i don't know i i i did I do kind of get that you were only in like the vice presidential standpoint, you know, like, but I, right, and right. I do understand you're passionate about the idea of liberty. So, I mean, I guess in a way, if you had a button to abolish all government and, but the only problem is the instant you hit it, you could never wear shoes again. Which climate would you prefer to live in? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a, a Florida Keys southeast southwest you know southern tip of the the peninsula of florida type of guy anyway so don't threaten me with a good time okay pal right. i i you know i I'm, I'm perfectly fine with with that setup there no i am very much a uh, a rothbard button presser if that were such a thing you know for those who don't know nice. murray rothbard said that a, a true abolitionist uh, if asked the question, only a true abolitionist, if asked, would say yes, if asked the question, if there were a button that you could press and the entire institute of the state worldwide would go away, never to return, would you press it? And he said uh, something along the lines of uh, a, a, a true abolitionist would, would press the button until his fingers bled or something like that. Um, and uh, I would I would absolutely uh, I would absolutely press that button. Well, you know, I mean, that. Yeah. I, I see you quite frequently, you know, ad, advocating for everyone to 
hold people accountable. You know, you do a lot of the legwork even yourself. Like I, I see, I see the, the projects you've got going on on top of just you online trolling. I, I, you know, I'll go into the comments to be like, Hey, I need to tag spike in here. And, and uh, I'm already there. you're already there. And I'm just like, well, crap. Like there's no need to tag him because he's already got on top of it. And, 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 and I do occasionally find you not there and I do totally throw a tag in there. Cause you know, we're, we're, I, I believe in the accountability aspect of things as well. Like I understand that even without a state, there would be some kind of police force policing agency for a community and stuff like that. And, well, you know, I, I, I think that if things, I personally think that government officials and police and others that are in these high ranking areas that they were elected to be should be held at a much higher standard period, like across the board. Like that's just yeah. like, you know, you're, you're, you're in a place that's in a spotlight. So you shouldn't, I don't know, you, you shouldn't be doing some of the atrocity, the gross things that they've been doing for 50 plus years in many cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, well, you know, they, in, in, in any kind of society, civil society that anyone would want to live in, there's going to need to be a level of planning and governance. And and I know, you know, anyone of, of us who call ourselves anarchists might start to recoil hearing it, but that's the reality of it. If you want to have any kind of planned thing if you want to have anything that other people are able to share in whether you're talking any kind of infrastructure i mean forget an electrical grid or anything like that it's not just going to be a hodgepodge of individual people figuring out how to do it. it's going to be people working together and coming up with ways to do it uh, and dealing with issues of commons and things like that but all of that can be done through voluntary governance but any kind of exactly. governance is has some level of centralization of power and with that centralization of power which is really the true core of of corruption and uh and you know unaccountability and oppression and violence and everything and mass violence and everything else comes from that centralization of power the whole idea behind a uh, a more free market or free society is that whatever level of centralization of power there has to be or centralization of authority has to be it has to be on a case-by-case -case basis it has to involve the actual stakeholders in that situation it has to be as local to that area and that issue as possible it, it needs to allow people to opt out freely and it needs to be done with a with accountability for any bad actors and if and when they are discovered uh and that's what it, that can't exist within the state because the state is is a forced and mandated hierarchy so no matter what is done to try to make that as accountable as just as decentralized as possible it's always going to fall short because it is mandated but I also, you know, we were mentioning the Rothbard button. There is no Rothbard button. And if there was one and I could press it, everyone would turn around and go, what the hell did you just do? And they'd go back to you'd making be, another government. You'd be in big trouble. Well, yeah, I'd be in big trouble. And they would immediately yeah. go and make a new one. And it would probably suck even more than the current one we have. At the very least, we'd be back to the status quo, right? But, like if there's anything stopping it from being worse, it's what little procedural limitations there are in place with the current one. So if you start from scratch, they'll make some monster that's even worse. And that's why the work that I'm doing has more and more to do with using issues that people already agree with us on, reaching them there on that. That's why I spend so much time on social media. Yeah. And 
then using that as an opportunity, not just to help the people that have been harmed in that situation, not just to get accountability for the people who harm them, but to use that as an opening conversation about the root cause of why that even happened in the first place. It's not an individual incident. It's a direct result of the system that we live in. I've seen your recent, uh, it's been within the within the week, I believe, where the uh, sheriff was silencing a whole lot of people that were yes. speaking against him. And he's even he even thinks he's got some cute quips back towards you, too. And it's, <laughs> Nathan it's, Harmon. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny to see. You know, I I because you inspire it, I kind of do a similar thing to a lot of the police forces in my state. Like, I don't I, I, I think there's a lot of police forces out here that are still lost somewhere where they're throwing people in jail for they're a all lost well they're still for throwing people in jail for a plant here like they're gonna give oh, you yeah. the they're gonna give you the once over drag you out of the car hoop and haw and all this stuff and the other and you challenge their brain power and or spit off a law that actually uh, you know because of dealing in these kind of issues and it, it kind of upsets them. And then you set off that good old boy system because you're out in the middle of the woods and this is a dirt road and those two cops might beat your ass. Like this is, this is the reality of the world that you live in, in places like this. And people are like, no, that doesn't happen. And I'm just like, yes, it does. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not out of line to, in the aspect of reality to me, because like I've, I've seen these experiences and, been around people that have dealt with stuff like that because we we most recently in my state had a young lady cavity searched on the side of the road because the officer claimed that she was hiding drugs on her that when the cops pulled up and they never found anything they never were able to do Shocker. anything and they yeah, and they not. sent her on her way after after cavity searching this lady on Raping the hood of, on the hood of her car yeah, in front maybe. of many other officers and her passengers and yeah. and and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said there's nothing to investigate and i'm like yeah. what do you mean there's nothing to investigate like yeah. that's 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 a terrible thing to happen and yeah. well jim jim bob you know as well as i and as well as spike and bandit that, that you know the cops aren't there to protect us they're there to protect the state we know this this is why they're there I, I, about I, protecting I the community anymore I can't disagree Cops are there to protect power. And yep. when you consider the fact that half of them wouldn't let their own wives talk back to them why, that way, why the hell do you think that they're going to let you talk back to them that way? There's, there's a certain there. There is. And that's keep in mind, we, we joke about the 40 percent thing. Keep that was self-reported in a survey where they were asked. If I'm not they familiar had with that stat. Can you can you oh. hit me with that? We, we joke a lot in memes yeah. and stuff like that, but it's probably more than that, to be real with you. As as the son of a, a cop, uh, I can I can tell you there's a lot of truth to a lot of it. But, you know, they're so, they're good. They're good about, you know, in-house spousal abuse when you're young and stuff yeah. like that. So, so, so to, to answer John's question, in the U.S., there was a study back in 90, I forget the year, but it was in the 90s, and it was basically a, a very widespread survey that was done as part of a greater survey about violence, domestic violence, and they asked uh, police officers if they had been involved in domestic uh, disputes in their home. 40% of them self-reported yes. So that's low. Yeah. So, that's so it's low. very yeah. low. 
yeah. because I'm not even sure if that was, I think it was a, I think it was an anonymous survey, but even still, how many would think that it, they didn't engage in domestic violence? You know, oh, I just slapped her around a little. Yeah. Oh, she got mouthy and I shook her a little. That wasn't domestic violence. I didn't sure. kill her or I didn't, you know, beat her half to death. Um, and keep in mind, these are the people who go on the scene and determine if domestic abuse has happened in civilian situations. They might shoot you. So yeah, these people, well, yeah, they might they might shoot or tase you, but they also might go, oh, that's not that bad because they're thinking, you know, they do worse at home. So it, it, it is a problem. And, and the thing is, I've also met some uh, police officers who are incredible people in the same way yes. that I've met a lot of voters yeah. who are incredible people. And every two years, they go into a booth and vote for war criminals. And the thing is, that's the problem with with trying to blame individual people or individual parts of a system yeah. is that almost all of us are culpable. For example, I pay taxes. Oh, yeah. Now, I pay taxes because I don't want all of my everything I've worked for to be taken from me. Right. But I am choosing with little pushback more than complaining about it to continue funding pretty generously funding that yeah. system I, and so that's why i use a lot of grace in the way that i talk with folks about this including police officers sure. i get snarky with them but you'll notice sure. i'm always polite i just i could be snarky but i'm polite because from the voter to the cop to the small level politician to the higher level politician to the cronies that own them to the people that are in the, the the highest level of the illuminati or whatever else you want to call it almost all of them at different points believe that they are serving some kind of vital and crucial function in order for the whole system and you know it's why they'll say things like you know that you need this to this is the price we pay for a civilized society they truly believe that they don't just a little that high. the taxes well, what's that? Get the price is getting a little high. Well, I oh, mean, it's getting, getting higher by the day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about think about that. Given given the given the average millionaire that comes out of the out of government service, like, what do you? What, how, how many how many families? You know, what's the average number of families you think's actually actually truthfully suffer? You know, because I, I would feel that there's I bet there's a number out there. Oh, absolutely. There you know, definitely is. But the thing is, like, you will see the person who is at the absolute bottom rung of this system, yeah. who, you know, served in the military, their parents served in the military, their parents served in the military, and they come home and they're being treated like crap. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're living in, in, you know, relatively bad conditions in, in this part of the planet. And, yeah. uh, you know, getting substandard care that they were promised to be treated, and you know, as, and they're as well. voting and they're for suffering. somebody that's in a mansion, like it's, it's and, and they're voting for someone in a mansion just, just and they're, they're waving a flag. Time. All right. No, no, but, but here's the thing, but they're going through all of that and they're waving a flag and saying how great the whole thing is. And some of that is, is I, sort of a I, coping mechanism, but it's 100%. also the fact that they legitimately believe that. So if I show up and go, no, you moron, this is what, what that's not going to get us anywhere. It might make me feel better, but it's not certainly not going to help things. And at some point I'm kind of victim blaming if you go far enough down the totem pole on this thing. And so that's why I focus more and more on, okay, let's, let's drop all of this. This situation with a woman being raped in public 
Yeah. We're all against that, right? Yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, ninety. Uh, if you if you ask the average person, you're going to find very few people who go, uh, "No, I think she deserved that." Pretty much right. everyone's going to say yes on that. And okay, well, that happened. And the people who are in charge of uh, uh, ostensibly in charge of protecting us said that that was perfectly fine. Shouldn't we, at the very least, stop that from happening? And it, it I that's why it was I think very. That's what they said it was. It was. Pro- in the, and in that's the, the problem. In the interview, they said that was protocol. And I'm like, you know, I've... And I've, the protocol needs to change. I've, yeah. I've been through yeah. the side of the road, tear my car to pieces, and leave me sitting there to put it back together before they tow it. And, and but to take it as far as doing that to a, a young lady on the side of the road, like, that's... That that also that definitely boils down to people as well, too, because, you know, I, protocol or not, like at what point do you look at yourself and go, OK, I'm the bad guy? Like, you, you know, because know. because that it, and and that's there's a breakdown in because there. Because like, the majority- I, I think there's not a I, I think a lot of them have there needs to be a better training system in place or no something there needs to be something in place to because they honestly they honestly believe in uh, they honestly believe in what they're doing and yeah. they yeah. they honestly believe what they are doing is right because they've they, there is a certain amount of indoctrination when it comes to training when training these people um i i was i'm i'm retired military yeah. i served you know, three combat deployments overseas in the early stages of the Iraq and Afghanistan war. I honestly believed what I was doing was the patriotic and good thing to do. You know, it was not until I got out of the military and spent some time, you know, out in the real world where it was like, no, that, that was not right. Right. I was I was a Republican for so many years and then I was a libertarian for like six months and then it took all of like six <laughs> months to move. Yeah. And then, well, that brings <laughs> that'll bring up another valid point. Um, it took all of like six months to go to um, full blown anarchism and see. Um, libertarians and anarchists are that we face. Maybe a few common problems, but I think one thing we have in common is I think society's perception of both of us, libertarians and anarchists, is wrong. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, Well, it's been been framed by our opponents. So, uh, exactly. I will tell someone I'm a libertarian. And if they don't think I just said liberal to them, which happens a depressingly high yeah. percentage, probably ninety percent, a lot, yeah, uh, yeah, a, a lot of the time. <laughs> but if we get past that, they'll go, "Oh, I heard of you. You're a Republican who likes weed." Uh, oh, I've heard of you, which is funny because when I was a, when I still smoked weed, I was a Republican. Um, uh, I, I shortly after getting sober from drugs, I became a libertarian. So you take that wherever you want to take it. But um, but then I'll have people say, "Oh, I know you. You're just a kind of an edgy Democrat who likes guns, or you're those people who want to weaken America, or you're those people who want to serve the the billionaire class, or you know all all these different things." And so right off the bat. They have a bunch of stereotypes or the age old one, which is true, but also irrelevant to the discussion, which is, I know you, you guys don't really win a lot of elections. Okay. 
does that invalidate what we've said or does that just make you feel more comfortable but the reality is what they're saying is true and so what i or at least true to them um the, the not winning elections part is true but the the, the rest of it's true to them well, and so coming from a sales and marketing background uh before i got into politics and political messaging the reality is the customer or in this case the voter or just the person's perception right. of things is the truth until you change it and we, so i increasingly spend less time on talking about the politics or the the who you should vote for because that's so far downstream of what you should believe is happening in front of you yes. and so that's oh. why i do more work on that you know we i I got sick of the labels because I, I wasn't really a libertarian and I know everybody's terrified of the word anarchist and that's kind of where the pirate niche came came from. You know, we uh, we just started running with the pirate thing because people <clears throat> people thought they were making fun of me, calling me Captain Conspiracy. And I was just like, no, I'm going to run with this. This is funny as hell. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good into niches and stuff like that. I think it's hilarious. You want to poke fun at me and stuff like this. I, I, I'm sorry that I was seeing things coming and my predictions became, you know, more than conspiracy theories. And right. we're up to, we're up to like 67 and oh, and, and, <laughs> and like, and, and they're just, the pirate thing was just fun to run with, but you know, I, I did have kind of like a funny question in that area, I guess that you were talking about kind of with libertarians. So like, do you have plans to, abolish the libertarian party and let the libertarians actually take over <laughs> no i look I, the reason i'm a partisan i'm partisan to the libertarian party if any party is because i most closely align with the libertarian platform which is basically if you read the platform it's kind of this um compromise alliance between radical minarchists and anarchists um, and so, you know, it'll say governments win, win or if necessary and things like that. Like it, even the way it's worded is it, it, it's it at times reads painfully, but it reads that way because it was a bunch of anarchists and minarchists in a room going, how do we word this in a way that makes us both relatively happy with this? So you're not going to get this from the Republicans or the Democrats. Mm -hmm. and, but I will say this. Because libertarians do win in elections we, by hundreds at a time. They're just yes. all local and usually nonpartisan yeah. races where there isn't a letter next to someone's name. They just get to run as who they are as a person in their community and they win. But they're also a member of the Libertarian Party. I am less concerned with what the letter is next to someone's name and what their motive and reasoning and incentive is for going into that race in the first place. Absolutely. And it's why, while I understand the uh, the need for a political strategy from a political party and that the primary role of a political party is to uh, run in and win elections, there have been in the, in the past uh, people in the party whose really only goal was to win elections to the point where they would say things like, well, that's why we need Gary Johnson or Bill uh, Bill Barr, Bob Barr, and people like that, and Bill Weld, because well, they can win. Well, they didn't win, but also they weren't libertarians. Like from a like a small L philosophical standpoint, and, and Gary of those, Gary was probably the best of those because um, he was actually a pretty decent small government politician. But he was still a he was a Republican politician, and yeah. So as libertarians, again, going back to the whole culture versus politics thing. My work increasingly has less to do with trying to get someone elected 
especially if they don't have a shot of winning their race. That I, I almost do nothing for candidates who are going in knowing they're not going to win because I, you know, I can say some nice things about them or, you know, share or retweet something they're saying, but in terms of putting in tremendous resources, I'd rather put that those time and and resources into either a candidate that can win like a a small, smaller down the food chain, local race, or even better focus on cultural hot button issues that people care about in their communities and use that to bring people into the broader libertarian message about the root cause of these things even happening in the first place. Because the the problem that we have right now is that the, uh, for lack of a better word, the progressives, the statists, they've been winning for quite some time at the educational level and at the cultural level. They have convinced multiple generate, we're now multiple generations into this, of self-proclaimed progressives, self-proclaimed centrists, and self-proclaimed conservatives that the answer is government. The answer is more government. The problem is those damn whatever people, private actors. That's the problem. The answer is some politician. The problem is one half of the ruling class, and the only answer to that is the other half of the ruling class. And so the way to, to deal with that is recognize they won. Right now, it doesn't matter if a Republican or Democrat or for that matter, a Libertarian or Green Party or whatever else gets elected. The people demand that the government protect them, save them, enrich them, uh, coddle them, whatever. We need to change that so that there is a, a larger culture of liberty, of people who recognize the problem is government. The answer is freedom. The problem is centralization of authority. The problem is the presumption of authority. The problem is too much power in the hands of too few people. And the answer is to take the power back and put it back in the hands of the people where it always belonged. And that's why I increasingly do the work that I'm doing in You Are the Power, um, because until we change the mindsets of people and awaken, expand people's consciousness on these things, we're going to be playing this game forever and it's going to keep getting worse for us. You know, this uh, whole speaker of the house run right now yes. yeah. has what a waste woke, of time. No, no, no hear, hear me <laughs> out. This whole thing has woke up a lot of people as someone who spends, unfortunately, you know, a lot of time on social media monitoring this stuff just to get, you know, points to talk about. Um, Content the fighting, memes. the f- the fight, yeah, and memes, the fighting and <laughs> infighting going on right now between the Republicans and the Democrats, and them trying to underhand and get their person into the speaker spot, has woke a lot of people up to the fact that these people don't want to be partisan; they just want to rule. Yeah, um, it it has become a clown show. That has woke a lot of people up. And I, before you sh- came into the uh, the group, uh, I was talking with Jim Jimmy that this whole ordeal with inflation has changed a lot of people's points of view on the government doing absolutely nothing for them. Yeah, yeah. I actually made a point today um, to I ha- again hanging out in local like in my local Facebook groups and stuff like that to try and push things like I can just everywhere. Cause I I really do believe in Liberty and just saying the thing that's going to trigger everybody regardless. Like that's always been me and it's always just been something I do. And I was talking about that day they were whining about the roads and not being able to see it because it's super rainy down here. And I was like, well, technically 
the 40 the almost 40 percent that they're taking from you doesn't even go to roads that comes from a gas tax which yeah. deals with a fluctuation because you know that price never stays the same so they always come up short that's why your roads look the way they do and to be honest with you we should just call dominoes because they did a really good job at patching holes for a couple of years there before i'm guessing the government shut them down i don't know but they were they had a guy in a small town patching his own patching his own potholes and wow. he was just yeah. charging people weed wasn't he <laughs> that was it. in uh, <laughs> that was in Ontario. That was in I know it was in Canada. Isn't that in Canada? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was in Canada. That's, that was in my my Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do it up here, boys. <laughs> no, listen, that's I just how got, you do guys, it though. I gotta jump in real quick. I've been holding on three things yeah. I want to say. But I would also sure. this is a good segue, Jim Bob. It's also half of pretty much every municipality's budget's going where? also police forces, right? And yeah. so just circling back to that. Something I've heard recently is, you know, on top of, you know, uh, cavity searching innocent people on the side of the roads, they're also ignoring dispatch calls because of uh, their butt hurt for defund the police movements. So I've yeah. heard of I've heard of a lot of instances getting comments in, in my uh, in my media about it saying, you know, hey, I called the cops and they said, hey, we're not going to make it. We don't got yeah. the money to do it. And they are literally telling that to people, American citizens, y'all are yeah. paying I swear to God, 50% on the dollar of, of, uh-huh. of your tax dollars are going to police in some form. Now, Bandit, I want to touch on what you were talking about. It is human nature to find a tribe, to find something to fight for, to find a group of people yeah. to be with. And these, yeah. what's happening, the powers that be, Spike's talked about it. They, they exploit oh, yeah. it. They exploit it. And that's oh, absolutely, man. It's unfucking forgivable And so taking a step further... Spike, you're talking about it was you'd hit the nail on the head because I worked with a lot of conservatives who would say I'm a libertarian. But guess what? They thought Ed Snowden <laughs> should be in jail. And yep. they thought that there was no issue with privacy, uh, privacy uh, invasion. And I go, yep. you, you don't, don't know forget what Julian means. Assange, man. You don't know what the word means, bro. Yep. So it's like yep. that has muddied the waters. Mm-hmm. And so well, how does that make you feel when someone like a conservative that, that says that? How, how do you deal with that? How do you talk to that person? Uh, well, when someone tells me they're a libertarian and then espouses things that aren't libertarian, I will, you know, I mean, it depends on how much it even matters to me because usually I'm focused more on issues than labels. But if it's someone that I have a pretty decent rapport with, I'll go, what part of, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 free will or, uh, or, or, you know, property rights or, uh, you know, or uh, uh, decentralization of authority or whatever, you know, um, uh, non-aggression. What part of libertarianism is that? And, yeah. uh, and, and, and usually uh, they'll either go, ah, you got me, or they'll start going in some weird convoluted thing about how we need this to protect this, to which I'll say, but isn't that what your opponents say? that in order to have freedom we must have gun control to keep us safe from violence or that we need you know whatever things they you know we needed lockdowns to keep us uh, uh free of illness and that that, oh, yeah, you know, that, that real we, good. yeah yeah and, and and it can work i mean the thing is i i have found that without that relationship you're often just arguing with someone and and you're getting frustrated mm-hmm. as you argue because you know what you're saying is 100% true and they probably do too, but they'll be damned if they're going to admit it or they're so <laughs> obtuse that they don't realize that you're right. And so now what have we done here other than argue on the internet for however many minutes we wasted for that? And it's why I focus more and more on, on consensus. So like the issues you or the power has been taking on, the causes we've been taking on are causes where 
99 plus percent of people who are being honest will look at that and go, no, I don't think that's right at all. Or yeah, I'd like to help with that. You know, how can I help? And by doing that and resetting the conversation. So like if I'm talking with someone and we're getting into some, you know, uh, argument over whether the problem with cronyism in government has more to do on the supply side that government has that, uh, those favors to give away in the first place or on the demand side that the billionaire cronies want to, that access to power. If, if we're getting into something like that, that's not really productive. So instead I'd like to step back and say <clears> something <throat> like, Hey, if a lady uh, had her house burned down and the insurance company gave her an RV to live on on her property while it was being rebuilt and the local zoning board decided they wanted to steal her land, so they declared her in a violation uh, because she had two residences on her property and fined her $5,000 a day or told her she could just vacate the property and give it to them. That's bad, right? Yeah. And that's so, too specific. I know that's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's, that's but that that's, but that's, that's a perfect real. example. I know, because was... instead of instead of me talking about hypotheticals, I'm talking about causes we've taken on. And so I increasingly like when I tell these stories about uh and I forget his right name right now, Johnny, I forget his last name, but uh uh in um in uh Colorado who stopped a mass shooter and then the police showed up and killed him. That's right. Oh, yep. they didn't say, show me your hands. Um, they didn't do it. They just went up and they straight up killed him. And I'll say, that's bad, right? Absolutely. And they'll go, yeah, and that's why we shouldn't have a Second Amendment because then the police will kill you. Okay, fine. You, you can think that. But that's bad, right? Like, yeah. we're all on the same page. That's bad, right? Okay, right. good. Now let's right. talk, go and out from there. And that's, agree. That's yeah, that's, we yeah, agree yeah. that that is bad. Now let's <laughs> talk about the other about the other stuff. And that's You it. took I up the cause in Virginia, that. right? Where the, the cops showed up and tased that homeless veterans uh, 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 North support Carolina dog, right? North Carolina. Yeah. You took that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and, and was... not only did they do that, because, yeah, two cops could, could fly off the handle and do something terrible, and then, you know, hopefully they're held accountable. But that's not what happened. When they, when they wrongfully arrested, assaulted, and tased the service dog of a homeless veteran who was not breaking the law and was totally complying yeah. with their orders, uh, he was just giving them a little bit of lip, and they didn't. And actually, what he was doing was telling them what they were doing was wrong, and he knew it was, that it was wrong. They didn't like that, even yeah. as he was complying with them. Um, yeah. The DA how dare there, you know your of, rights? How dare you know your yeah, rights? You're not. Exactly. I'm not going to let the, the yeah. old lady give me lip. Why would I let you? And uh, the uh, the the DA there who should have immediately started investigating them, instead fought in court for months to keep the body cam footage blocked so that the public couldn't see what happened. Guess who paid we, for that, baby? Guess exactly. who paid for that? Yeah. Well, we, the taxpayers, paid for their side. This poor homeless veteran and people that were donating to his cause had to pay thousands of dollars to his side to get an attorney to fight that. And so now what we have, we got it released and we got all of his charges dropped, which is good. And we've also been working with a local, uh, without going into a whole other thing that they were doing there, working with a local homeless shelter that had been shut down by the city because they wanted to get federal funding for their homelessness crisis. And you can't do that if someone's solving it without charging any taxpayer dollars and uh that however is... many dozens of homeless people who have died as a result in the interim 
But not only have we been able to help with them, we just recently had an event. We raised over $10,000. Uh, we have trailers coming to them to be able to provide uh, uh, flex and, and emergency housing, as well as uh, educational centers and things like that. But not only have we been able to do that, but an increasing number of people in that area are coming to us and to our organizers in the area and going, how can someone get away with this? Why is it like this? I thought they were here to protect us. That's the opening conversation that we can have with them yes. about how the problem isn't just those officers. The problem isn't just that DA or that police chief. The problem isn't just those policies that require you to go to court and fight to get your own body cam footage released uh, to, to help your case or to have uh, charges drop. The problem is that this much power and authority is being invested in so few people and with next to no accountability for it. The only feedback mechanism is to replace them with someone else in an election. And they know that all they have to do is convince you that the other guy would be worse than them. And that's the problem. And it's so that's the work poetry. I do. Yeah, yeah, it, unbelievable. But that's, no. that's some amazing stuff you're doing, man. So good for well, you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It, it is. And you know, that's, you know, you the way you were talking about earlier, I guess, back there about like the arguments online and stuff, you know, I've, I've been at this weird conspiracy liberty front for a really, really long time. Like my first page was made back in like 2008, really. Like when Facebook first came in and I could make a page and for me. And, wow. and, and like <laughs> the OG stuff. There. Like, dude, I, like, well, because because I, I, I wanted to spread memes around like I face MySpace was my space and ytmnd wasn't what it was anymore and so i got yes, into wow. i got into the opening doors of like facebook and yeah, yeah like yeah. when they like when it first went public and stuff really and i just started sharing memes. now and i was there in 2006 and you weren't there i was there that was 2006 was still in my space i wasn't i wasn't yeah i wasn't <laughs> nice. but i wasn't but i wasn't but i wasn't jim bob oval shorts that's the thing you know right. i that that came over time because I kept getting banned. I got, I kept getting pages wiped out. I got wiped out when the big purge happened. One of my original pages that actually still is there, I just can't get into it. And I refused to log into it because the page vanished and then reappeared years later. And I, huh. refu I refused to log into that account because I, I'm afraid that it's bugged on, on all kinds of levels. And But behind it is a page called The Naked Truth. And I was just sharing half naked women and half naked men with look into Ruby Ridge and would share <laughs> and would share it and and be and and it would get all of these all of these things going and stuff. And people are like, people are like, what is this? And I'm like, it's using the same psychology they use, sex sells. So if you have True. if you have a big old set of boobs up in front of you and you're and you're, why does it say look into Ruby Ridge? Well, you're going to go look into Ruby Ridge. And yeah, you're not not going to look into right, Ruby Ridge. Yeah, right, that's right. right. Yeah. And, the and, Pentagon is missing $1.6 trillion right across 20, the nice, you know, that's yeah. a good 20, 20 something <laughs> profiles later on Facebook. I finally have memories for the first time and having a Facebook profile ever. Right. And I don't know what to do with myself because oh. it's actually stuck made around. It. You made it, Jim and, Bob. You made and it. Like, <laughs> it's, it. And it happened on other platforms and stuff like that. And that's, that's kind of what led to this. And I got tired of, like you said, kind of arguing with, walnuts in the comment section over nonsense and i have found that if i just invite them to come over here to the show and let's have a conversation we find more areas that we agree on than we disagree on because we're having actual right. actual heartfelt conversations conversation and i i've got to talk to, to face, some yeah. 
to some amazing people. Like I've got to talk to the founder of the Free Thought Project. I've got to talk to a young man that is turning plastic into gasoline. I've got to, you know, talk wow. to I've got to talk to a guy that has written a bunch of books and been to Antarctica a few times. And even a dude that went inside that claims to have went inside of Mount Shasta and visited the world that lives there or whatever. Like I'm, I'm all over the place because I'm all over the place. And I have, I just, I've found that throughout the years and throughout my travels around the world and around the country and stuff that everybody is a lot more alike than they're different. At the end of the day, we want yep. kind of the same things. And that the problem is we want to be left alone. The the problem the problem isn't <laughs> the problem isn't you know us against us. The problem is us against a bunch of people that have been pulling strings, I guess, for for longer than a lot of us have been alive. I mean, I know there's people still in Congress or whatnot that have been in my lifetime that have been there since before I was born. You know what I mean? Fucking like, Joe it, Biden. No, you know, there's I people mean, older than him in Congress. Older you than have him in Congress. Yeah, you have yeah. five or six people that are 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. I, I, how, I mean, and I, they're how, making. What are your feelings, I guess, on term, on like term limits? Like, do you, I, I feel like if it's going to exist, that these people only need, need to be there for a little while and then buy, you can't do it again. Like, yeah. So, so I'm not against term limits. And I do think, I mean, we know that the power of incumbency, Congress has a, uh, you know, and this is true of any legislative body, Congress simultaneously has a, uh, you know, anywhere from a low, a high single digits to low 20 percentile approval rating at any given time, usually right around somewhere in the teens. And yet they have an over 90% reelection rate. So it, it, there's a there's a cognitive That's... dissonance happening there with voters. And so having That's that fast. mechanism of no, you're out of here, you're out of here, you're out of here. I think it's more does more good than bad. But we have to recognize what a term limit is, is we're literally telling voters you don't have the right to vote for this person, which means we are inherently acknowledging some major limitations Shit. to democracy itself Shit. that the fact that hey. when given to their own devices <laughs> that the people are going to vote for the people they complain about constantly because they'll go either well but he's one of the good ones or she's one of the good ones or well he or she is a lesser evil or i really like this one or i'm not really paying attention but i know all politicians are liars that's why i've been pulling the crank for the same one from the entire 30 years i've been voting like we're <laughs> built into uh, uh, into term yep. limits is an inherent uh, acknowledgement that voters can't be trusted and voters are really just we're saying that about people that people given proxy authority to use violence against others can't be trusted to represent their own interests and we already knew this from like the stanford prison experiment the milgram experiment the the all of the, the lab code experiment uh, many other uh, meme experiments that have been done since then I, uh, all of which are some weird combination of humorous and horrifying that you literally all you have to do is give someone some semblance of authority to make them do 
in front of them in front of themselves recognizing what they're doing is wrong the stupidest things that you'll ever see someone do i you know we've all heard of the the stanford prison experiment or oh, the yeah. milgram experiment all that stuff and the yep. lab code experiment but one i saw was i don't even know if there's a name for it but it was just this dumb like meme experiment that someone was doing for like tiktok views and it was basically like they had a bunch of actors in a um in in like a waiting room uh of a lobby uh i don't know if it was like it looked like almost like a doctor's office or you know whatever whatever it was they were all sitting there in a lobby and uh when one person came in everyone else were actors and uh there was a like a, a bell or something that would go off and everyone would stand up yeah and they'd all look at the person that wasn't standing and then they'd they'd all sit down and then by like the second or third bell that person would stand up too because it was like wait why is everyone oh, saying so they'd, right they'd they stand did. up now here's yeah. what's wild one actor they would call someone in and an actor would leave and then they'd have another non-actor come in and they would keep repeating this thing where they would get the people to stand up and it eventually reached a point all the actors were gone it was all non-actors there another non-actor came in the bell rang everyone stood up and looked at that person that's we are so easily and it's because we're you know we get upset we go oh we're sheep we're not sheep we're social primates the yeah. reason that we survived the stuff that all of the other uh, uh, species that aren't around anymore survived is because we seek consensus and we look for patterns. But it's also now being gamed and used against us for our own demise and the enrichment of others. They recognize that we have a built-in need for consensus. We have a built-in need for some level of acceptance or validation. We have a and when I say built-in, our brain won't give us the chemicals we need to feel good unless these things are met. And so the key is to recognize the and again, this is my sales and marketing background is learning how to use neurolinguistics programming to get people to say yes to you right so now applying that black magic to this we recognize that all of us to some extent some are wired more differently than others and by the way i think that's why there are so many neurodivergent people disrepresent disproportionately represented among libertarians and anarchists is because that wiring slightly different with us like i'm not diagnosed as autistic but i know i'm a little divergent and because we don't seek that quite the same way that other people do to, to it's different from person to person but so because of that it's like i don't really care about that but we still seek it to some extent that's why it hurts when we see people acting this way when we recognize that that's how people operate and that it's not because of any nefarious thing it's just because of who we are as people it's how we're wired but that there are people who have learned to game it but they themselves were at some point taught told that you know this is how it works you know the whole hurt people hurt people yeah. People that have been conditioned into statism condition others into statism. Sure. Once we recognize that that's the case, after we spend a little bit of time being upset about it, now we, okay, great. Well, how can we use that to our advantage? And so that's why I look for things that we can build consensus on. And yes. then from there, work them into lower their cognitive defenses, get them on our side, get them impassioned, enraged, happy, whatever emotion we're trying to elicit for yeah. us and for our common causes. Get them organized, get them into the network effect, and then we can have those greater conversations that this is not isolated, this is not just relative to this area, this is a direct result of a system that empowers such a thing. Now, here's what we can do to stop that. That's the work we do with you or the power. And that's... And well, that's, well, Spike, Jim, Bob, if I just want to jump in real yeah. quick, if you don't mind. Spike, like uh, two things, like uh, 
if you don't touch a baby within the first year, like or within that first month, if you don't touch it, if you don't make physical contact with it, it'll die. And that's that's who we are as humans, right? We yep. need yep. we need to be a part of something. We need to yep. be a family. All that. So that's one hundred percent right. Now you were talking about approval ratings, and I just I have to mention this right now. There's some shit going on in Peru. I'm sure we're all familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been sent some pretty disturbing footage of of soldiers shooting people in the fucking streets. I mean, this is nothing new, but it's happening yeah. right now. It's happening and, right and, now. And and, yeah. and, and so. Castillo was ousted, right? And he he tried some shit. He tried to pull a coup pretty much. And now the coup is within the coup because Congress took control. You want to know what yeah. Congress... So Castillo's approval rating was 30%. What do you think Congress's is? Less than that. Nine. Five. Yep. Nine. Nine percent. Yep. And they yep. are shooting people in the fucking streets for it. So... Nine percent yep. is all you need, I guess. You know, and this well, is yep. an exceptional it's an exceptional <laughs> situation, but it's like, what if we like approved of, of the people we put in power? Is that like is that a lost thing? Can that be done, Spike? How do we do it? I don't well, think the so. way we do that is is first of all, we can't try to do this in some gigantic la- landmass like forget the United States, but even a Peru, the only way that you're going to have governance that has any kind of consensus is to have it as local as possible. And when I say local, that doesn't necessarily just mean geographically local. It also means local to the actual stakeholders in a given situation. So voluntary governance actually looks like multiple overlapping or actually separate forms of governance on specific things. So like an example would be if all of us own property uh, that uh, abuts a common lake that we all uh, are, are adjacent to. And sure. there's an inherent understanding that we're going to have to come to some kind of agreement on the fish in the lake, the resources of the lake and so forth. And that, you know, it can't just be, you know, a free for all that we have to have some kind of understanding. Well, that's a form of governance. It's a voluntary governance. It's one that we've all worked out. It's based on property rights and, and an understanding that there needs to be common governance there. But it's specific to that. We don't then have to form our own uh, country or our own city or our own state. We we may just have, an, uh, you know, the 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 uh, such and such lake authority that just is our that group of however many people that abut that lake that are in that common governance on that. Now, I may at the same time be a part of a, a playing card group that's you know international or nationwide, and in order to make sure that we can all be playing the same game of cards or or you know D and D or whatever, we have like a body of governance that we are a part of that determines the common rules that we use so that we can have international tournaments and things like that. That is a form of governance. In order to have consensus, the governance needs to be from actual stakeholders as local to that stakeholding as humanly possible, an ability to opt out and create a competing or just completely separate one, and the ability to uh, to, to be able to have accountability for bad actors in that. The state, because it is mandatory, because it is presumed and arbitrary, it is we run every Everything in this arb these uh, along the within these arbitrarily drawn lines um, 
all of that is a recipe for disaster when it comes to respecting people's rights, their lives, their property, and all of that stuff. And it's a disaster when it comes to trying to seek consensus because they don't actually need it. They just need you to perceive that it would be worse for you if you didn't comply than if you did. If you have consensus, all the better. And that's why they try to convince you it's the right thing. And it makes it easier for them and it makes it easier for you. And if it's easy for everyone, great. But that's not actually necessary. It could be 0%. I mean, during the Great Leap Forward, I I'm sure that there are parts of the country where Mao didn't have 9% approval at that point, but it didn't matter because he had no. the guns and he had the power. So it, it really comes down to the only way you're going to have anything resembling any kind of consensus is by letting people decide what their associations are. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm, I, I, I joke, I, we kind of joke around about it. Me and Bandit do, but the small tribe thing, balkanization, basically, you know, like the more yep. you can do to, to, the more you can do to do for yourself is something you should do. You know, we're, we're, he, he does the urban garden kind of thing and I'm into the homesteading scene and like, we're, we're, we're working on the self-sufficient thing. And, you know, I've, I've, I've always talked, you know, why not get together with some of your friends and maybe if you guys all have enough skills mixed together, I bet you could live a pretty awesome life on a big chunk of land off near the mountains and probably never even know if, the main civilization was at war or collapsing because you're so far in there that it's not you're so a part of your away, everyday yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, you know, and I mean, that's, that's by choice. I think everybody should have a choice. If you want to go live in a city like New York city and be crammed up really close a lot and be busy all the time. And you know, who knows what the way things are going, you might be eating bugs and living in a pod. If some psychopaths keep, doing things that they're oh, doing. Oh, we got but, the cricket plants here in Ontario. They'll, people, be, they'll be coming real soon. But people, like me, and, to be people like me and Bandit, though, are going to be out here in the woods going, no, we're good. We'll eat the squirrel because it's a whole lot well, more delicious. There needs to be a peaceful like, separation. Yeah, There I think needs so. to be yeah. a peaceful separation. Well, but that brings as me back a little bit. As peaceful as possible, yeah. That, that brings as, me back a little exactly, bit when he was talking. as peaceful as possible. Because, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying on the term limit thing. But at the same time, I don't see how somebody that's been in there for 50 years thinks anywhere near the same level as me. Like me and my great grandparents would definitely disagree on a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I, I think I think there needs to be a certain point that you got to I don't know. It, there's got to be something. There's got to be some kind of limitation to when a tyrant that's being tyrannical or being a part of something that's been super tyrannical continues to be worse and worse over that 50 years like you you should i don't know there oh absolutely be a cutoff like i'm i'm i'm, I'm one of those guys yeah. that'll tell you i think democracy is mob rule still but like that's yeah. that's because i'm all for trying my damnedest on my own like if i if i could set sail on the sh on the open sea and survive like hey that'd be right there for me but <laughs> yeah. So, so when it comes to term limits, like I said, I'm not against it. I just make, I want to make sure we've noted what the problem is with democracy. Yeah. Yeah, the problem yeah. with the problem is with, ter with terms is democracy yeah. um, and, uh, or, or democracy of violent authority. So yeah. I, that's another thing I, I'm glad we're bringing up. Democracy in and of itself is just a way of making decisions. And if you're going to come up with a way for a given body of people to make decisions, it's, you know, if it's a, especially as the body gets larger, it's kind of the fairest way to do it. So like the people that are out there going, oh, actually, a monarchy would be better because then the, the monarch, uh, you know, has an interest in protecting, you know, what he owns. And I'm like, yeah, just research the 
millennia of journalism we have to re- rebut all of that. Like, it's the most ridiculous. It, it, it is. It is truly a first world proposition of someone who lives in a liberal democracy to go. You know what? I think, and hear me out, that monarchy would be way better than this. The problem isn't the way that the democratization of decision making, it's what they're deciding over. So, for example, if the four of us are uh, figuring out where we want to eat, okay, and three of us say we want pizza and I'm Jewish, so I say Chinese and uh, and you guys win (laughs) and I go, all right, well, I guess I'll go. That's fine. Or, you know what? I'm so Jewish. I'm going to have Chinese anyway. I'll meet up with you later. Well, that's not a problem, right? Or if we agree ahead of time, you know what? Whatever we go with, that's what we're going with because we've decided we're spending this evening together and we all agree to that ahead of time. Three of you pick pizza. I go, all right, fine. I'll go for pizza. I did agree to it, whatever. That. Whereas the alternative would be me saying, no, we're all going for Chinese and I don't care what you want. Well, obviously, democracy is a more just way of making that decision, right? Let's use another extreme example. Four racist white guys and a scared, powerless black guy deciding if that black guy is going to work for them for free. That's also democracy, right? But the problem isn't how they made that decision. The problem is what they were deciding on. So the problem with our system isn't necessarily the democratic nature of it. If anything, that's probably one of the few built-in feedback mechanisms that we have, flawed as it is, to be able to try to deal with the damn thing. The problem is it's the presumption of being able to make these types of decisions. We're going to decide what kind of health care you get. We're going to decide what your money's worth. We're going to decide how much of your money you're allowed to keep, whether you're allowed to live on your property, whether we can steal your property for whatever reasons we want. That's the problem is that it's being they're, they're making presumptions of violence uh, against us and then they're convincing us and themselves before us right. that this is the only just way to have a civil society. It simply is false. If oh. A, it's not the only way to do it, and B, it's not civil to begin with. Oh, and if you don't agree with us, we're going to shame you until you fucking no. do. We're going to stare at you until you stand up, right? Exactly. And I would just yep. say this, Spike, I got to say, and I, as, as uh, I mentioned, you know, I, I have seen how the sausage is made uh, up in government, up in the halls of Parliament Hill, and I got to tell oh, yeah. you, I know, I know for a fact the big companies support every party. Yeah. Oh, sure. The money yes. comes. The money it's a uni- comes. It's a uniparty. Yeah. The money comes from the same place. Yeah. So 100%. you've just cracked. You've cracked an egg open on. I've never even thought about the fact of, of the, the decisions we're making and the, we're proposing and, and we're purporting to try and decide. Uh, that's a whole other preposterous kind of concept for me to comprehend right now. But to me, for me, uh, and I have my biases right, but the money to me is is the thing that's poisoning and, us because you see no real change up here it's liberal conservative we have an nd ndp party as well they get about 20 percent of our vote down there it's more polarized right but i mean in the end does anything ever really change does nancy nothing. pelosi stop insider trading does you know does does, <laughs> does, does, does like i'm just saying it's it's you know yep. we legalized weed up here but guess what we didn't do we didn't trudeau never went back on the spy bill that was passed up here in 2015, right before Harper left office, he, 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 he ran on that. It was part of his platform. No one cared. No one cares that he didn't do that. Hey, we're smoking our weed. Let's go. And Hey, you know what? I was down with that decision, but. Or they might be outraged about it. They might say that's terrible. I can't stand that Trudeau. I voted for him for that. But if I don't vote for Justin Trudeau, 
I'm going to get Pierre... Uh, uh, Polyev. Polyev. Or I'm going to get, uh, I forget the guy's name. I know he's Sikh. Uh, but Jagmeet the NDP. Singh. Jagmeet Singh. I'm going to get them and I can't stand them. They're way worse than Trudeau. So I'm going to vote for Trudeau. Sure. Or, or someone right. saying, yeah, I don't like Poly, uh, <laughs> uh, Pierre or Jagmeet, uh, but uh, they are, whichever one you're choosing, the lesser evil from those two. And that, that's another it problem is, is when you make a that body so big and have so few options on yep. every single decision that's being made. Again, this is the problem with the state is instead of me deciding who I want to be in charge of the Dungeons and Dragons group that I'm a, uh, a part of and deciding who I want to be a part of my, you know, late co-op authority that I'm a part of and who I want to be in charge of the temple I go to if I was a practicing Jew or, you know, uh, uh, who I want, <laughs> yeah. who I want to give my money to at wherever I'm eating, you know, choose that way. Instead of me making case by case decisions that affect me on various levels of personal choices, communal choices and governance choices. Instead, it's all being decided by one single authority. I have as much authority to decide how the trans kids in sports question is answered, knowing nothing about it in any real way, uh, watching the same handful of videos that everyone else is watching, uh, as someone who's an expert on that field, whatever it is they think about it. And you could do that about anything. About I mean, I remember with the lockdowns, we had people who were being told by people who were paid to say that this was the way to do it and you know I, I remember making videos saying we're recreating cold and flu season conditions we're staying in our poorly conditioned uh, poorly ventilated homes venturing outside only to go to the same exact stores that everyone else is going to in the same curfew times that everyone else is going to and all touching the same stuff and being around each other only to then go back into our poorly ventilated homes to spread whatever bugs we've gotten to each other and lo and behold it's not affecting the spread of covid why is that and, and I'm no expert, but I had common sense. But yet we were told, no, you have to listen to this person. That decision has already been made. And if you don't comply, it's going to be trouble. And that's you're the problem. You're trying to kill yeah. my grandma. If you don't you're listen, trying to you're kill trying, my grandma. I mean, yeah. trying to kill my grandma. Yeah. And and I guess I will say for a lot of us, you know, like I, I, I dealt with some I bit of that. You know, I lost my job because of it because I refused to put a mask on. You know, I was I, I was just like, whatever. And it, it I continue to do things regardless of a lot of the stuff right there. And I think there's a lot of that, a lot more of that going on than people realize. Like I, as someone who, you know, maybe people take this the wrong way. I'm part of the large majority, actually the majority that outweighs the voting population, according to numbers that doesn't partake in the, in the search. Yes. Because yep. I, I, you know, I, I feel that I've proven that the circus doesn't work, obviously, because if the majority doesn't want to deal with these only idiots they're giving us, we, you know, we, we aren't choosing them. We don't think they represent us. And when you look at the number breakdown, like it's it's close to 80 percent, to be honest, that didn't vote back when, like, the whole Trump thing was going on and stuff. And I'm, and in my opinion, I'm like, well, no one won for president. Like, no one. Like, that means so the, the majority was we don't want to deal with this stupid shit. We want something. I think a guy else. actually like wrote in, wrote himself in as no one. Oh, I'm sure I think that there happens. Was... Yeah. None of the above. Yeah. 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 I, I actually, I mean, more so than even like, for example, a term limits thing, I would like a proposal that says that of the, uh, of the population that is eligible to vote, 
if they if someone chooses not to vote that is automatically registered as none of the above and if none of the above wins then there's no one in that seat yo and if you had that that is a fucking cool idea my guy if you had that and of course what the government would do is say well now everyone has to vote okay fine as long as they can proxy vote none of the above and if that happened then in like something like 98 percent of races none of the above would win and what that would force this Mm -hmm. government to do is actually put people in that could get more votes than a bunch of people going i'm not voting for any of these people and that was yeah the worst, yeah, that, the, the worst, that would the two, the two okay. options, and that's what people are voting on. Well, this is worse. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's a controversial perspective to have on it, but I feel that I'm shouting from a rooftop, not partaking in the circus more than people realize, and still, well, just, Jim Bob, still, still just trying no- to, still just trying to do better for, you know, for my community, for my state. You know, like I, I, I'm out there trying to find the ones that Spike's not in already commenting and, and, you know, taking care of and <laughs> trying to rabble rouse a little bit and bring attention to it. You know, I, I the, the most important thing that I've always picked up from you, Spike, that <clears throat> I, I make sure that I remind them when I get into this is that these government officials and these police officers and these other things on social media can't turn off my comments and delete me like they liked, like they like to do, because technically that's, uh, you know, Getting rid of their, you know, that breaks the law. That's my first amendment, you know, and every time you block me, you've just, you've just messed up there. And I, you know, I, I just, I, but I feel that these people need to be, have the spotlight shown on them. Like the only way we're ever going to bring the change is stand there with the megaphone and be like, Hey, this guy's doing the wrong thing. And we need to point fingers at him and go, he's not doing something that he should as a person in office. And the only way, uh, the only way to make a shadow disappear is to shine a light on it, Jim Bob. Right. And, and, and Spike on that note, sorry, Jim Bob, I've been wanting to ask this question for a minute. Have you ever been censored before? And if so, what did you say that got you, that got you that, uh, you know, the silent treatment? What is wild is all of the censoring that has happened to me is for presumably memes, because they won't show me what it is that I said or did. Uh, They'll say for a photo. Okay, what's the photo? We can't show you. And you better not ever post it again. Well, how the hell am I going to? And so uh, I've had all of the censoring that's happened of me. Well, actually, there's so there's one exception that and I'll tell you that, that in a second. Uh, uh, I, um, uh, so they've said that, uh, you know, oh, you posted this thing in 2015 or 2014 or 2016, and we won't show it to you, but it was really bad. And so you've got a, you know, 30 day ban or whatever. And it's like, what? Like, okay, something terrible. Maybe I'll look at it and say, wow, I'll never do that again. Or maybe I'll want to appeal it and say there was nothing wrong with it, but you're literally telling me. It's wild. So there was one time when I I posted, oh God, what was it? It was in like 2017 or 2018. And I posted some stupid thing. I said something about, uh, oh, oh, it was like white people like eating I forget what it was. It was, some stupid, like, it was like some dumb, sarcastic comment. And they said yeah. that it violated their terms on racism. And Love so it. I got, happened to me too, bro. I got a 14 day ban. And it was some dumb thing like, um, oh man. Uh, I bet it had I, to deal with spicing food. I made a comment about white people probably, not spicing food and I got 30 days for racism. Unseason- 
30 yeah, days, it was probably my the, guy. Un, the, the unseasoned chicken thing or whatever, whatever <laughs> it was. It was the dumbest thing. And I mean, I'm white. Like the whole thing was so stupid. And so I, I, they, they got me on it and I got like, I think like a three week or 30 day ban. And I, I made this alt account, uh, and, and friended everyone. And it had a picture of me looking like this and it said normalized <laughs> breastfeeding under that. And it was just like some sock account I had, uh, that I used one time. And then when I came back, I, I immediately went, anyway, like I said, white people sure like chicken or whatever the thing was. I was like, it was just so stupid. Um, so that was the one time I actually knew what I got banned for. Everything else I've been I've been banned or, or whatever for, it was for a, a picture that they won't show me that I posted years prior. And it's the most infuriating thing when they do that. I have lost so many memes and so many pages and the, like... Our current our current thing, the the Captain Captain Conspiracy and the Freedom Pirates and Defeat the Media are our two current Facebook pages that we're out there, you know, pushing memes on and stuff like that. But we have gone through so many, you know, different Facebook pages from one titled Unconstitutional Awakening to Give Me Liberty, Give Me Death, the Revolutionary Rabbit, and I mean just so many more in between there. And that's where a lot of us, like me and Bandit and Neptune, the kind of founders of this little show here like we we found each other through mm -hmm. memes and then you know like we grew more we grew even more because of this show and because of like tiktok and stuff like that and just out there you know not only talking about liberty but i found when you do mix it up and you show people that you can you know you keep mentioning dungeons and dragons and stuff like that and like you know i'm I do, I get into video game and I have kids and stuff like that. So I've always been kind of yeah. into game in any way. And then like, I, I'm in, into all kinds of different things too. And don't mind talking about it too. Like we talk about movies, we talk about Bigfoot. We've, we, we've talked. We can, we about, can relate to you. Yeah. You know, we, right we now, you're we'll a talk to anything, person. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and I've, I've found so much success in that. And I guess bringing, bringing different minds together and different people together, like, it's it's amazing that I can just grab a couple people that have different walks of life entirely and bring them on the show and watch us all have a great conversation. And then when the show's over, I can be like, I'll be like, you know, none of that other stupid shit or which guy you liked, Orange Man or Pudding Brain. It didn't matter. Like it was, it you had fun and that kind of stuff didn't matter. You know, as far as and then on top of like governing yourself, you keep touching on that too. Like I try to remind people on a regular basis, you govern yourself most of your life. Like you, you make those choices yourself in your head. You know, you don't, sure there are people that get out of line, but I, I truly think there has to do with some kind of mental illness there with a lot of those people. Like I think things get escalated with police intervention and stuff like that. And Oh, you but, mean like partisanship? And just, well, just yeah, I mean, <laughs> all the way around, dude, like it, it's that kind of stuff's there and a little bit of everywhere you see, whether it be treating the homeless veteran one way or treating the black guy one way or oh. even treating the, the white guy in the pirate hat because you're like, why is he walking around in a pirate hat? And, you, you know, like they're just because they want to question you and stuff like that. And just I don't know, I, I like to break that stigma and show people that it's OK to be who you are and to be able to talk about these things and to be able to just conversate because at the end of the day, we're going to find those That's commonalities right. and right. those commonalities are where it matters. And, and sure, you know, do we maybe all need to find our own tribes and figure out a way to make our own 
small community government. Yeah, I think that's truly the answer. Like, I think that the federal overreach thing is out of hand. You know, I know there's even a lot of states that are talking about, I know they do it quite often, but I've been talking to like Lyman Bishop and, you know, Bennett's been telling me about Missouri and there's another friend of mine in Oklahoma has been telling me about things there and they're, they're taking steps to dissolve their ties with the federal government because they're tired of the shit. Right. And, and I mean, I guess if these are the options that there is, these look like more, I guess in a way more promising options. I know, I guess another, some other people just want to be King, but I, you can probably handle it better if it's on a local level than it's all the way in Washington where, you know, you can't just go up the street and be like, you know, Hey, this ain't cool, man. Like you can't do this to us. Right. Yes. Yeah. So there's, I mean, obviously the, the more localized it is, the better. There were two things you touched on there that are, that are really important. And by the way, I just remembered I was more recently banned on Twitter for the better part of two weeks because I said that gun control advocates uh, want police officers to shoot in, innocent gun owners in their homes to reduce gun violence. And they, uh, and so they, um, that resulted in me getting a ban for advocating violence. Uh, and so a, a little bit of a free spike. Ever heard of satire, you fucking asshole. Well, and, and I said that in the room because they were like, oh, we'll let you back on, but you have to delete it. I'm like, I'm not deleting it. And so I, I held my ground for like the better part of two weeks. And I and uh, and I said on my other social media that I had been you know banned for saying, blocked for saying this. Uh, uh, and so the, this bit of a, this was shortly after Elon took over and there was this uh, free spike Cohen campaign. And I'm not sure. I, I doubt it went all the way to Elon, but it, whoever it went to uh, one day, I was able to get into my thing. And I immediately said, anyway, like I was saying, gun control advocates want police officers to shoot you in your home to reduce gun violence. And um, so but the two things that you touched on there, uh, Jim Bob, one is the power of memes and imagery and humor. So like political cartoons, which is essentially what political memes are, they're just the newest perspective. Because anything that is visual that you can't argue back at, anything that uh, has humor in it, so it kind of lowers that cognitive defense with, with humor, it is so, you can get someone with a meme so much better than most people can get someone by arguing with them or talking with them a long period of time, especially if you don't know them. That's basically just wasting everyone's time. But but if you can, you know, hit them with a meme or hit them with some kind of like humorous thing or a joke or whatever, that goes an incredibly long way to reaching down and 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 getting some kind of, you know, oh, well, I guess they got me there type of a reaction, which sometimes is all you're going to get. The other thing you touched on is the reality is on a given day, you will go around if you go to the even just the store, if you go to travel, if you go fly somewhere, you go drive some, you are going to directly interact. It might just be a few seconds, but you're going to have these short congenial, mutually beneficial interactions with dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people, almost all of, whom, all, all of whom completely disagree on a fundamental level how things work and how things should work. And I'm not just saying that because we're a bunch of edgy anarchists. Like you could be a, a centrist, you know, you know, just right of center normie and interact with 99% of people who think that you're insane. And, yeah. and but the reality is that's not how people are thinking. They might even in their head be going those damn Democrats and the blah blah blah. But they're working. They're they're interacting with a bunch of damn Democrats. And 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 the reality is, most human beings who are not sociopaths have an inherent desire to live their life in as mutually beneficial 
and free and peaceful a way as possible. Like that's our, again, going back to the whole social primate thing. The negative part of that is how easy it is to condition us through consensus, through uh, building a false consensus. But the good part of it is we really just want to try to get through our day and get our things done and interact with people we like and and be as agreeable as possible. Again, I'm excluding sociopaths and, and, and you know, psychopaths and things like that. But even they will, to some extent, try to, you know, get, go along to get along. And the beauty of that yeah, is to remember nature. if you find your it is our nature. And if you find yourself in some like heated argument with someone on on the Internet or even in person about these things, it's good to take a step back and think, A, I still have things to learn. No one has reached their final form of understanding until the moment they die. Uh, and they were still wrong. Um, and also and B, we're all just trying to figure this out. And the best thing we can do is to try to find common ground whenever possible. And that I, an exercise I recently did was that new chat GPT bot that came out yeah, that you can yeah. talk with. And it's like horrifying how close to a human conversation it is. Yeah, I used it on the set out on a mission. <laughs> I set out on a mission to convince this thing that taxation is indeed theft and using logical arguments. But I went into it, and again, keep in mind, this was a conscious <laughs> choice because I'm this autistic. Spike, Spike Gene, in, you are more alike than you realize. I did the same thing on an episode of the show. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, okay, so I sought out to do this, and I didn't know that. That's funny. Uh, I sought out to do this, but it was with two goals. Number one, obviously, the goal was to try to get the thing to agree with me. Number two was to observe how I reacted to this thing not agreeing with me or having to walk it through this, that knowing it's a robot, knowing it doesn't have any feelings, knowing it's not thinking, it's literally just a language algorithm, but how do I respond even though I'm aware that I'm checking how I'm responding? So I went in and said something along the lines of, uh, uh, is, is uh, you know, what is the definition of theft? And it gave me a definition of theft. And I said, so theft is the unlawful, is the, is the, uh, uh, the taking uh, from others without their uh, consent, blah, blah, blah. And it said, yeah. And then we got into the weeds about lawful because it said the unlawful. And I said, are there examples? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I said, so are there example of lawful takings that turned out later to be acknowledged as wrong? Yes, this, 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 that. Okay. So then even if it's lawful, then it's still taking. Yes. So then taxation, therefore, is theft. Well, no, taxation, blah, 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 civilized society. And so then I go, well, okay, but uh, if I were to rob you, I literally went like I would talk to a person. If some, if person A were to rob person B, and uh, but then use some of it for things that person A, person B, and everyone else needs, would that still be robbery if they were? Yes, it would. So then taxation, so I did this for the better part of two hours because I'm that big of a loser. And so I kept doing this thing and, uh, and I actually got it so darn close before realizing that there were some some kind of tripwire they had in there where it would default back to this paragraph that it would say and it didn't matter what other things I factored in and there were multiple times where I found myself starting to write out something like we've already been over this or you're being obtuse I know I'm talking <laughs> with an algorithm and I know that I'm observing myself talking with an algorithm and I am cons considered by many to be one of the better messengers when it comes to these things. And yet I myself was still at times getting heated with the fact oh, yeah. that I was not getting through to this thing. 
after taking a moment and thinking, okay, listen, I've gotten as far as I possibly can with this. It's made a lot of concessions and it's got something built in. I'm not going to be able to crack. This is a, a bot that I'm dealing with here. I, I, I then I had a very interesting moment of thinking, wow, we are so wired because that's hardwiring. If I know what I'm doing and I know that I'm observing it and I know that I don't want to do that and I still do it, that's hardwiring. I am hardwired to defend my position. Yeah. And so yeah. when we're out talking to people who aren't chat bots and who might actually be gettable, but are actually now also tied to emotion and a bunch of things the chat bot isn't because the chat bot would completely concede on point after point after point after point because it was logical. It was making logical sense. Yeah. Most people aren't like that. No, they're not. In doing these things, recognize that you yourself are also an imperfect human being who is trying to defend a position and that that isn't always the best way of getting your actual goal across. And that's, again, why I focus so much on the consensus building. The work that I'm doing with You Are the Power, uh, the work that I do with uh, working with good candidates who are trying to make changes and, and activists who are trying to make changes and other organizations that I have common cause with that are trying to make changes. It's all coming down to trying to build consensus around universal things that we agree on. And then from there, uh, building upon that into having, okay, we agree on this. Well, then maybe we also agree on this. And is it fair to say that we might agree on this and take them on the path where not only are you exposing them to things you've never heard of, but I know, you know, this might be anathema to say, but you might learn something about yourself along the way as well, because it turns out we're not a bunch of super Saiyans. We have something to learn too. And um, so that's the work that I do. And uh, I, I, yeah, you've pulled it up here. Uh, if you want to be a part of what we're doing, if you would like to be a part of a grassroots army of, of building liberty, uh, one cause at a time in communities across the country, uh, and, and, and coming soon, coming across the planet, we actually are working with someone who's opening chapters in parts of Latin America. If you would like to join us, I invite you to join us by going to youarethepower.net. Membership is free. Obviously, donations are how nonprofits run, but you are, but it, membership is free. We would love to have you become a part of our activist network uh, where you are working with like-minded people and uh, and building a network of uh, people across the country and across the planet working to fight for liberty uh, by building consensus and bringing people into the movement and helping people along the way as we do it. You are the power.net. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Yeah, man. We, uh, you know, I, I love stuff like that. And, you know, we do, <clears throat> we have such a variety of folks here. I've got people from all walks of life that are on the show and people all over the world listening. So, you know, I, I do encourage everybody to go check all of that out. Like I, I, you know, Spike, you are, you, you are a voice that a lot of people look up to, man. And I, I appreciate greatly the time that you chose to come and spend with us this evening, man. Like this is, thank you. I've learned a I lot and this it. has been an absolute blast. You know, I like to, before we end up completely rolling out, I always like to go around the table and see if there's any last questions or comments from everybody. And I want to, I want to sure. start with my buddy bandit tonight because He's he's anxious over so, there. So, I love my buddy. Sorry, I've been kind of quiet, man. I've been taking in this. I've been taking this in like a sponge, man. It's it's. Uh, I do have. You don't have to give anything away, but say like theoretically, you were like still staying in the political spotlight for the next couple of years. Okay, um, what is your largest hurdle going forward? Uh, being a member of the Lib Libertarian Party, you know, believe what is, it or not. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, I was, that was, that was what I was. That was my okay. question. So, 
a lot of people think it's the ballot access restrictions, which there are many of those. I mean, we've anyone who isn't a Republican or Democrat has to fight hard to get on the ballot. Like in Tennessee, for example, if you're running for office, any office as a Republican or a Democrat, you have to get 25 signatures on a ballot access petition to be able to run as a Republican or Democrat. And that makes sense. It filters out people that aren't being serious and want to run as Joe Mama or whatever. Um, it, you know, you get 25 signatures and you pay whatever minimal fee there is to file that it shows you're serious. If you want to run as anything except a Republican or Democrat, you have to get 50,000 signatures. That is 2,000 times more signatures. In Tennessee, which means you're essentially having to get something like, I think, 4% of the populace to sign a petition, and then you take it to a court that is made up of Republicans and Democrats who immediately do everything they can to invalidate as many of those signatures as they can. And if they invalidate one signature on a petition, that whole petition gets thrown out. That whole sheet of paper with all the signatures on it gets thrown out. And so really you need to come there with 100,000 signatures. Now, that's one of the more extreme examples, but it's not even the worst example. There are states that are even worse than that. But that's not the biggest problem we have. And some people think that the biggest problem we have is the fact that Republicans and Democrats get automatic taxpayer funding for their campaigns, whereas we are put through those kind of hurdles and have to spend months just to fight to get on the ballot. But that's not the biggest challenge we have. The biggest challenge we have is that the average voter looks at anything other than a Republican or Democrat and says, that is a waste of a vote. You're God, not going to win. Exactly and that is a waste of a vote. And the problem is that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If everyone or the vast majority of people believe you're not yep. going to win, you're not going to win. And again, me coming from a sales and marketing background, if I come to your door and I say, I uh, you know, want to sell you, because the problem is a lot of libertarians want to focus on the ways that we can't win and how unfair it is for ballot access and all of that. And I go, guys, here's the problem. You're telling them we can't win. When they focus on, when they platform me and, and you know, uh, major figures in the party who have not won their elections as are as their main people instead of as people like Kara Schultz and Kalish Morrow and and Jim Turney and, and and many other libertarians who actually have been elected and actually have accomplished things but at, at a lower end of the totem pole we're again we are building up that that narrative that we can't win if I show up to your door and I tell you that I first of all just that you open the door in the first place is a miracle and if but if I then tell you about my fantastic product that I can't even tell you about because they won't even let me put it on a, any calendars uh, or uh, and calendars any uh, any um, um, catalogs they won't let me put it on any websites they make me sign ballot access uh, sign petitions to even let me stand here to tell you about the product and it's a damn near impossible for me to sell you the product and then you go well spike it sounds like you can't sell me the product and i say you son of a bitch and walk away <laughs> that was my fault i told you that i couldn't do this so what i say is that this needs to be achieved on two fronts in order to uh, rebut the the belief that we can't win we need to focus on where we do win and when i say we i'm talking specifically the libertarian party we have to show where we do win in the hundreds of races at the local level across the country and right. when we focus on that then we can show that not only do we win but when we win, they win too for a change. It's not just your team or your color, red or blue winning. And I find it hilarious that in Canada, it's literally red and blue. It's flipped around, but it's literally red and blue. And then what is it, orange or green for NDP? But it's, yeah. it's 
Yeah, it's but it's still it's yeah. like the same colors. It's like team sports, except they they murder you. Um, but the you know when 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 we show that when we win, they actually win too. They succeed as well as a result of our of our winning and and helping to set them free. We focus on the local level. We can still run in those races that we need for ballot access and messaging and all of that, but we focus on the races where we can win. But and this is why I'm I'm less involved with the party side of it and more with what I'm doing with you are the power with my nonprofit more important than any of that. It doesn't matter what party wins or doesn't win if the people still demand to be subjugated. And so the work that I do is more and more on, I mean, I'll still work. I'm happy to work with the libertarian party. I'm happy to work with Republican Liberty caucus people. I'm happy to work with independents that are running. I'm happy to work with Democrats on things we agree with. But the work I'm doing more and more is on building consensus with everyone or with as many people as possible. And slowly, this is a long slog, slowly bringing them into the expansion of their consciousness that the problem is inherently with a misrepresentation and a misunderstanding of how authority should be derived, how power should be meted out, how decisions should be made, and that by simply making some tweaks there, we can have a much better system. And the more we tweak it to literally eliminating the state, if, if at all possible, but at the very least, greatly tweaking it to localize it, to make it more voluntary, and to add more accountability measures and feedback mechanisms and make it more of a free market system, that by doing that, we all live better lives. And that's the work that I do with you are the power do you do you, do you think vermin took it too far by trying to give everybody a pony no i think he didn't take it far enough i think he should have started giving them ponies uh i think <laughs> see i knew i was right <laughs> I no that's why i added when i said listen not only are you getting ponies you're getting cheesy bread and not only yeah. are you getting cheesy bread but if you'd like we will mount 20 millimeter vulcan cannons on the on the ponies hashtag arm the ponies like i i leaned fully into that and what was funny was when i ran for the nomination for the vp nomination because I was running with vermin, I didn't think I had a shot in hell of getting the damn thing, which allowed me to say whatever I wanted to. But I found that I'd show up to these conventions and they'd ask me questions about zombies and ponies and whatever, and I'd give them fun, silly answers. Yeah. And I had my own little stuff about badgers and stuff like that. And and so they would and they'd ask me, but then they'd ask me something about like trade policy or immigration or the wars or edward snowden or uh, warrantless wiretapping or whatever and i give a serious answer and i tell people listen if you have a stupid question for me i will give you a stupid answer if you have a serious question for me i'll give you a serious answer somehow that worked and so now here i am but uh yeah no that that i i don't think i think if anything he didn't go far enough he said he was going to go back in time and kill baby hitler i said screw that go back in time and kill baby woodrow wilson and you don't even have to worry about baby hitler i mean you know there's there's this is actually great we were just joking around in our group chat that we have about how you know uh, somebody made the comment about jimmy running for office and i was just like no no if i did it would be shoes and chickens for everyone that would be my that would be my platform there because everybody needs shoes and Everybody needs a chicken because we could totally uh, the price of eggs we could, right we now, could totally Mark, stop yeah, the price of eggs if everybody had an egg. at least one chicken, bro. Like I mean, they're they're super, they're not that bad. I've I've dealt with hundreds of them at a time on the regular basis. So you know when you when you get to a certain point in time with that, it uh it it tends to just become part of life, and you realize that the bugs go away. You don't have near as many mosquitoes if you got a hundred chickens. So there's that as well. There's I, that as you well. know, there's John. Did you have anything you wanted last? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I do, and I don't want to keep you much longer, Spike. So uh, I'll try and make this uh, short but sweet. But uh, I do want—I do want to kind of ask you a couple of final questions here. But I'll start sure. off by saying, 
I worked on Parliament Hill for 10 years. Um, up here in Canada, legally, you get three hours on election day. And I've used those three hours the last, you know, four elections to do important things like take naps, um, mow my lawn. I don't know. All, all, anything else but vote. But uh, I would seriously consider voting for you, Doug. So for whatever that's worth, uh, you've been you've been very you've been very like forthcoming. You're a smart guy. You can talk properly and and, and get a message across. And I got to tell you, the consensus thing took me a minute to get it, but I I couldn't agree more. And the thing that I try and pound home to people that I have uh, you know following me and whatever, and people I just talk to in my everyday life is look. In the end, the only thing it doesn't matter which political side you fall on, you're either part of the 1% or you're not. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. And that's kind of how I look at everything. And, and if I had a little button, I would hit it, and there'd be no countries, there'd be no nationalities, there'd be no religion. People. Yep. That's it. Earth. Just Guess people. what? And, and I know it wouldn't fucking work. But uh, that would be <laughs> that. Would but I do it thing. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh but uh, so having said all of that, what is your like? And and, and I was saying this to Jim Bob because uh, reached out to him tonight. And and Jim Bob, just just for the record, man, you are doing God's work as 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 baby steps as it is, and as 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 much of a grind as it is. You, I mean, Jim Bob reached out to me after seeing a video that I had made. And, you know, here we are a year later, almost, I think. And uh, we still talk. I've met a Coming lot. Coming up of on a year. Yeah. We're getting a couple of months. Man, Mar- know, Isn't it March? March will yeah. be a year March. for the show. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, Spike, it, it, it was a real treat fucking talking to you tonight, man. So I've got to ask you, though. What's your craziest story with Vermin Supreme? That's what I want to end it on. Oh gosh! Um, actually, my <laughs> that craziest you can tell, that you can tell, oh, you know, without getting in yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. So my craziest story with Vermin <laughs> Supreme, oddly enough, is about there are two stories, and I can't. I'll tell them both because I can't pick which one's crazier. Neither <laughs> one of them have anything to do specifically with Vermin, but with his wife and his reaction to it. Because she, you think that he's off the wall. She, he's more off wall, off the wall than him. Um, and so the, um, so the, the two of them, what the first happened on the, the day that I actually announced that I was going to run for um, vice for the vice presidential nomination. Uh, and that was December of 2019. And we had an event in Nashville, Tennessee. And afterwards, we did an auction for the people that showed up that were there, um, auctioning off vermin merchandise to help raise money for our campaign to get the nomination. And, um, it was start they had so much they brought too much stuff and they should have had like maybe you know five ten things but they had like all that and they just kept going and people started losing interest and people started leaving it was getting close to midnight and it was just you know it was like we were losing the crowd and so so becky vermin's wife starts shouting thirty dollars someone say that someone thirty and then they someone would say thirty and she go thirty five who said that? Someone say 35. And what would happen is sometimes she would outbid someone and Vermin's doing oh. it. He would go going once, going twice, sold to my wife. And it was funny watching <laughs> Vermin, who if you've been following Vermin Supreme's career, all he does is like go around and frustrate people in power, right? And I watched uh, I him have sprinkle, that. Uh, fairy dust on a, uh, a, on a Sprinkle confetti today. on the yeah. anti-gay yeah. politician. Like, That's I mean, right. this is what he does. Yeah. And because he's doing so in a humorous way, they can only get so angry. So they just kind of sit there bemused at what he's doing. And I watched him have that exact face with them doing that. 
Then my other story is um, this was later on in the campaign and it was during COVID. Everything was locked down. We were doing everything by Zoom in the final days. And so Vermin was, this was, uh, I would say maybe sometime in April. And everyone's, you know, trying to figure out this new normal with COVID and people are scared and everything else. And, uh, and so he's trying to give this message about, you know, it's like a final talk on this live stream we're doing to raise awareness for the campaign. And he's saying, you know, because Vermin's one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Like he's just, everything he does is out of a, a love for people and a, a desire to be kind. And the reason he dresses the way he does is part of the big part of it is to try to destigmatize people who have to dress that way because they're homeless. And so they have to wear all of their ties and all of their suits at the oh, same yeah. time because they don't have anywhere to put. Like, I mean, he's just one of the most incredible people. And so he's giving this message about kindness and about being there for each other and being patient with each other because we're all trying to figure this out. And Becky, who I don't believe she thought people could hear her, said, tell them we're all going to die. Oh, my and, God. And, and he's trying to and we're all hearing this and he's trying to keep a straight face and he's going on and trying not to roll his eyes and she, she hear her getting closer. We're gonna die. We're all gonna die. And, and so, and she was like, she just kept, and it went on for like three or four minutes where you would hear it and there'd be a lull and she'd go, dead. And, and so, and, I, I hope gotta this be is Becky, still, man. <laughs> I hope this is on online somewhere. She, it was so, why, because he did so many crazy things that it almost all becomes like, old hat right like it's just you get used to it that's what he does but the funniest thing was watching him end up with the same face that chris christie had or ted cruz or bernie sanders or whatever watching him (laughs) sit there like i guess this is and i told him i said you got a taste of your he said i get a taste of my own medicine on a regular basis i'm like all right good so uh so those are my favorite stories (laughs) no that's great that's great um you know uncle johnny before we let you uh before we all do get patched out of here this evening you know i like to let everybody give a plug to uh, where they can find you at too man like Oh, hey, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, we got some uh, some pretty big growth coming. Actually, uh, Jim Bob, pull up the Twitter account because you know what? I'm locked out of my YouTube. I can't get into it right now. That's a long story, but I'll tell you this. We got a Ukrainian <laughs> correspondent, February. Uh, he's going to go in. We're taking all the right steps to make sure he's safe. He's going to do an interview with me tomorrow. We're going to make sure his face is covered. This guy is a Marine. Uh, he's going over because he's got friends there and he just wants to go over there. And, and, and he's probably got other reasons. It's none of my fucking business, right? right. But he reached out to me. He said, I want to provide you with uh, with some content. So we're going to have some raw footage out of Ukraine in about three wow. weeks. Nice, and nice. Uh, so uh, hop on over to news, news updates for real. Um, we're building a little bit of a grassroots movement ourselves there, a little journalistic. Uh, I don't know what you call it. I'll be honest. I'm in over my head. But I'm a fast learner, and uh, I'm excited, man. So check me out there. And Spike, or Spike, I'm going to push. Uh, I'm going to push. Can I, I? What is it? We are the power. You are the power. Is, yeah, the power. I appreciate that. I'm going to push that out to the people tomorrow. So. Yeah, you know, and thank uh, you. That that as well. Here, you guys. You know, with with this episode, no matter where you listen to it, no matter where you watch it worldwide, since we're on pretty much every platform now, you guys can find the links that go along. To get back to Spike, I'll have not only as you are the power, but totally as Twitter and Facebook there too, so that you can keep up with all the shenanigans he's always got going on over there, because I know I do, and he makes me smile every day, so hopefully he can make you smile too. <laughs> and, you know, of I, 
I try to make sure we get all that kind of good stuff. And actually, you guys know, recently we started a whole new competition giveaway. And I know you guys have been looking forward to the riddle all night long so that you can win yourself a sweet unconstitutional awakening sticker. Um, you know, we actually had our last winner, as I announced at the opening segments of the show about the Zodiac over there at unconstitutionalawakening.com getting the answer to our first riddle. So are you guys ready for the second riddle for the night out there listening? <clears throat> it sits on the shoulder of the pirate and doesn't fly away. The funniest fact about it is it'll just repeat what you say. What is it? You guys make sure you go over to unconstitutionalawakening.com and find this episode. And that's where you can leave this answer and totally win yourself a cool sticker, man. And aside from that, I guess it's time for all of us to weigh acre and head out for the evening. So y'all have a good night. We'll see you next time. <laughs>